This is the FM Gold channel of All India Radio. In the program Countrywide tonight, we bring you an interview with the Minister of State for Housing and Urban Affairs, Mr. Hardeep Singh Puri. The interviewer is Shishir Sinha, journalist. So welcome to the show. Let me begin with the cleanliness. The fourth round of survey is going around. So what will be the strategy to make this survey more effective, which is also known as the Structure Selection 2019? Well, the underlying philosophy of the Swachhta campaign is to transform a project which has been designed by the government and to convert it into a people's movement. So in other words, a project of the government to become a project of the people or what you call a janandolan. Now if you look at the progression of the Swachhta Sarvekshan, the one that was carried out in 2016 covered, if memory serves me right, about 70 cities. The one in 2017 covered about 370 cities. The one in 2018 covered 4,000 plus cities. The 2019 Swachhta Sarvekshan, which is now the latest before we complete the first term in office, this covers the whole country. So, in other words, we have to ensure that the primary objective, which is to make India open defecation free by the time we complete the celebrations of the 150th birth anniversary of the Mahatma on 2nd October 2019, that is done, that we have 100% solid waste management, that we have segregation of waste at the point of production, that we have toilets built everywhere, that these toilets also then graduate into toilets which have water, ODF+. All this requires a paradigmatic shift in terms of behavioral change. That is also happening. But the purpose of the surveyction is that you rank cities. And because the city administration, the municipal corporation, the elected representatives have a stake in their grading, we've also got star rating of cities in terms of their ability to be garbage free. We've got several other programs. And they converge in this surveyction. So I think we have by and large succeeded on the objectives. We still have some distance to travel particularly on solid waste management. The earlier figure in 2014 was around 18%. We brought it up to 46%. I have no doubt that with the passage of time, because there are a lot of investments which have been made in individual projects, and they don't see the light of day sequentially. When they are ready, they all come up. You talked about waste management. What is the new technology being used to tackle this problem? It's a problem because it's a problem created by us. Now, there are three dimensions to it. One is to prevent that problem from arising, which means that at the point of production, which means in your individual household, in your commercial establishment, if you are running a restaurant. Let me give you an example. If you are careless, you run a restaurant, you have a footfall of say 300, 400 people, you cut vegetables, you cut, you take the waste. What is the easiest thing to do? Easiest thing to do is go and put all the waste into the nearest drain. What do you succeed in doing? You succeed in saving a little money, but you're blocking the Nala and the whole drainage system of the city goes wrong. Therefore, what we have been saying, and I've written to chief ministers, I've written to all the RWAs in the country, segregate the waste. Wet waste and dry waste. Wet waste you take for composting. The other one you segregate, send it to a point where it can be scientifically managed. As I said, to have a coverage from 19% to 46% in four and a half years is not a bad figure. But this figure also hides the fact that a lot of waste management takes place as per traditional methods. So I'm talking about modern scientific waste management. I think it involves behavioral thing. Now, it's not an India-specific problem. We have succeeded in being extremely careless. We have succeeded in blocking our drains into choking our water bodies. The water has disappeared. People are going and dumping. That is a careless way to go. The good news is, I think that consciousness has arisen. 
because the cities are becoming choke points. People helped by civil service groups, civil society groups, NGOs, universities, everybody is now focusing attention. So that the cities will become, have ease of living, you can breathe easier. So it is work in progress, but there is a lot of a good technology being used also to dilute and do away with those huge waste dumps that have come up. I have personally seen them, I saw one in Panaji, huge mountain, they were able to utilize that waste in a nearby cement plant. There are several technologies available. There are targets set up uh, under Swachh Bharat Mission Urban and which need to be completed by October 2nd, 2019. What is the progress on that? The targets are very easy to meet, the physical targets. For instance, in terms of individual household toilets, I believe we have to construct 67 lakh. In terms of community and public toilets, we have to construct 5 lakhs. I think in terms of community public toilets, we have done already more than 4 lakhs. And in individual household toilets, as against the 67 required, we are close to 60 lakhs. So meeting the physical targets is not what I'm worried about. That the fact is that those toilets sometimes will not have water. People will be conscious. We have mapped all those toilets on an app. We have assigned responsibility for the maintenance of each of those toilets. New modern schemes have come up where they're utilizing the space to commercially capture the value of land and run businesses around. All those things are happening and greater consciousness you'll get there. Real problem is the behavioral change. And the behavioral change, well, I think of all our cities and UTs, 22 states are ODF, open defecation free. Now, remember, open defecation free certification doesn't come from yourself. You can't say that my state is ODF. It is based on third party verification. And the very fact that 22 are ODF and they run the risk of lapsing back and losing the ODF status is an incentive or a disincentive, however you view it. So I think it's very good news. We'll get the behavioral change also done. But it's an ongoing struggle. According to the UN World Urbanization Prospect 2018 report, rate of urbanization has gone up and now 34% of our population lives in urban area. As per 2011 census, this figure was 30% and as per 2001 census, it was 28.53. How do you see this growth? Well, first the figures, 2011 census, according to which it's 30%. But 34% now is really not important. What is important is that you should prepare for 40% of India to be living in urban spaces by 2030. And that, my friend, means 600 million people. So you take that as a given. People will leave their inhabitation places in rural and semi-urban areas and come to cities looking for work. Our cities already provide more than 65% of our GDP. The cities also provide for 90% of our tax returns. So is it any surprise that the rural areas which anchor about 65% of our population, they only produce a contribution which is about 12 to 14% of our GDP. That's the contribution of agriculture that is declining. So it's natural people will get up from wherever they are and Bori Vistra Lake, they will come into urban areas. That being the case, you can't lament that. The issue is not how do you view it. The good thing about the Modi government post May 2014 is that we have embraced urbanization as a win-win. And we are saying, okay, we are going to provide ease of living in the cities. And we've done it. I can give you the example of Delhi. We have Metro has been extended by 110 kilometers. We have plans for decongestion. We have plans for regularization of unauthorized colonies. I don't get cooperation from sometimes the state government. I have an ex plan to expand the Metro. We have revised the master plan. So we're doing a large number of things. Fact of the matter is more people will come into Indian cities and it's our responsibility to provide living space there. So you talked about ease of living and there is a scheme called Pradhan Mantri Awas Yojana Urban. How do you see the progress of Pradhan Mantri Avas Yojana is doing extremely well. It's a scheme which was devised and implemented starting from June 2015. 
We are required to construct 10 million houses by 2022. Few days ago, we had already sanctioned 7 million. We have grounded 3.8 million and we've handed over 1.3 million. Let me explain to you. In the Pradhan Mantri Avas Yojana, typically the government provides the land. You provide this facility under four verticals. One is affordable housing and partnership, where this, the government provides the land. Center gives a grant. State government gives a grant, and the balance the beneficiary pays for. Then you have a credit-linked subsidy scheme that if you are taking a loan to buy a, a flat, we give you some payment upfront, depending on whether you are economically weaker section, lower income group, or medium income group. Then we have beneficiary-led construction. If you own typically a home, which is your family home, you want to do it up. And the fourth one is in-situ slum rehabilitation. Now the issue here is that when we operate the scheme under four verticals, all four verticals are doing well. The title has to be in the name of the lady of the house. So that's uh, gender, female empowerment, gender sensitivity. Uh, yeah, exactly. Now I feel that by the time we are in this month in 2020, we are in January 2019, we would have sanctioned all 10 million. Now once you sanction a place, that means you've already provided a land, you've identified the beneficiary my expectation is that by march of 2020 we would have saturated the demand and then it's a question of the space which depending on what technology you're using under the global technology housing challenge we are hoping to use technologies which result in a home coming up in 4 months or 5 months just now we've got technologies where it takes 15 months or 18 months so once the grounding has been done up grounding humne already 3.9 million ki kar li hai to uske baad you know it's a question of 15 months after that so the scheme is doing extremely well we are seeing a lot of pressure on transportation in urban cities because of the population and all those things any other new plan or new scheme to improve the transportation in all the urban areas no we have massive plans we have already about 580 kilometers of metro operational another 600 is under construction we are identifying another 6 to 700 we have got all kinds of other plans i had a demonstration here yesterday a presentation where we are looking at connecting the whole of delhi through cycle track and walking path in our smart city this is a major focus urban green transportation we have plans to introduce electric vehicles so that is a, a story in itself it's an ongoing thing. ongoing and it's getting a quantum jump you also mentioned about this smart city what kind of progress we are seeing on that we're doing extremely well by the time i joined the ministry which was in uh, september 2017 the amount of money for contracting and the projects were about 14 15000 crores today it's crossed 106000 crores the total plan is 200000 crores and we are already at 100000 crores we have 12 integrated command and control centers already operational by december of 2019 we will have 50 them operational when you talk about ease of living another thing is the livelihood so we have a scheme called national urban livelihood mission how the scheme is i'm very happy to tell you we are celebrating the fifth year of this scheme we have trained a large number of people we have provided employment to those who have been trained and skilled we have spent something like 3000 plus crores from the central assistance if you add what the states have done it's about 4600 crores so it's a very very comprehensive scheme we are providing help to ladies self help groups during the pakwara we will go to where the urban poor live all the loan applications which have been pending we are hoping to clear by 31st january you know you can skill a person you can give them new vocational skills but if they want to start a business they need a little bit of money so we'll have the banks go to the urban poor so there are large number of schemes like this which are under so startup and startup it will exactly. help in exactly. uh, in that especially for the urban poor yeah. see the concept of startup does not necessarily cover mm. the you see what is the antyodaya concept antyodaya to sarvodaya it is from the farthest 
to the first, that is those who are the poorest of the poor. You try to reach out to them. So the Dindyal Antyodhya Yojana or the NULM, National Urban Livelihood Mission, is designed to reach those people. Now one of the things we are typically going to do under the NULM, look, you have beneficiaries under the Pradhan Mantri Avas Yojana. You have beneficiaries under the Swachh Bharat Mission, whom you are giving toilet. You have under the other beneficiary scheme. But there will be some parts of your population which will fall between, there is one scheme here, one scheme here. So idea is to map out and uh, find out who these people are and then make sure they are lifted up and uh, given the benefits of these schemes. Housing has been the focus of this government and one of the acts which was implemented to provide some kind of relief or benefit to the house, those who dream of houses, is the RERA. What is the progress on that? RERA, first of all, I think it's a very sad comment that 70 years after our independence, we did not have a regulator in the real estate sector. You know, construction is the second largest employer in the country after agriculture. So you needed a regulator. So very happy we got RERA. And since the sector was manipulated by unscrupulous builders and developers who would take the money typically of the home buyers and then invest it in other projects or in land banks. So we have stopped that. Not surprisingly, they mounted a challenge against it. The Supreme Court sent those legal challenges to the Mumbai High Court. We were able to get it vacated and court ruled in April. So now the good news is that uh, most, all of them have RERA authorities. They have started functioning. We've had four regional workshops. The message is spreading. And those people who were earlier freely manipulating the system, I think the fear of God has gone into them. For a normal, ordinary person to approach RERA is somehow very... Not at all. There's no difficulty. If the RERA is functioning and having daily meeting, it should not be difficult for anyone to approach no, My question is that, are you planning any kind of awareness program? We are. Whenever we have the RERA workshop, we invite the civil society groups, we invite the Home Buyers Association. So we invite everybody. Plus, the RERA has a website. So... I think what happened earlier was not that the home buyers didn't know what to do. The problem was the system was characterized by malpractices. You had made the payment in what is called 40-60 or 80-20. So you didn't have the receipt for that. So what you did was you happily, now you couldn't go and show that what you had done. But I think it's all coming out. And the builder on his own said, no, no, ye to RERA ke bahar hai. We have made it absolutely clear. Every project ongoing has to be covered by RERA. So if you are affected by that, you can go and appeal. Thank you, Mr. Minister. Thank you very much. You are listening to an interview with the Minister of State for Housing and Urban Affairs, Mr. Hardeep Singh Puri. The interviewer was Shisha Sinha, journalist. This program was produced and presented by the News Services Division of All India Radio. This program is also available on our website, newsonair.nic.in. You may email your opinion about this program at airnstalks at gmail.com.